Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in the heart of Silicon Beach in Santa Monica. Um, Please be seated. We have a great show for you today. Um, Very topical. We're going to be talking about who is running phony cell phone towers around the United States. And um, so if you thought people were listening to you, maybe they are. And um, we're going to be talking with Andrew Rosenblum about that. And uh, it's a fascinating story. And um, so, um, but first, a couple of announcements. I'm sure you probably already were aware of this, but um, today is International Men's Day, uh, which is celebrated in a number of countries, including the United States. Um, It's actually um, part of a a UNESCO event. And coincidentally or not, it is also World Toilet Organization Day, and um, which celebrates um, the toilet. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming maybe the, the, the concurrence of the two things is so um, eventually the men can be taught that there is a device on the toilet that actually goes up and down, um, is what I'm told. But in any event, uh, I couldn't resist that one. And in addition, um, it is also the anniversary of the Gettysburg Address. So, um, yeah, we will... Um, Little, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here today, which may or may not be true about today's show, but um, everyone remembered what um, Abraham Lincoln said that day in um, 1863. So um, a brilliant speech for uh, a brilliant, um, for a very important battle and for a very important cause. So that um, government um, of the people, by the people, shall not perish from the earth. So without further ado, let me bring on um, Andrew, and um, Andrew is calling in from 
Berkeley, uh, or excuse me, Oakland, and um, he's got a quite diverse background, um, both in academia, um, studying in the East Coast and um, and in the West, and um, he's been writing for Popular Science and a bunch of other magazines. Andrew, you're with us. Yes, I am. Thank you for having me, Ben. Thank you for joining us. Um, so let's start with the backstory. How is it? What 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 led you to doing this story? Well, um, I was interested in uh, in the wake of the Edward Snowden allegations and the concerns that people across the political spectrum have about. Um, government uh, listening into their calls. I was inter- I became interested in um, so-called crypto phones, which are phones that have more security than a typical iPhone or uh, Android device have on them. And um, in particular, I, I, I spoke with a, a gentleman from a company um, that markets a phone called the CryptoPhone 500 that has a. Um, a, a piece of software on it called the baseband firewall that basically uh, looks at how your phone is communicating with uh, nearby cellular towers. And um, what is unique about this crypto phone 500 phone, or nearly unique anyhow, at least uh, as of this middle of this year, is that it, it can tell when there are so-called interceptors or um, IMSI catchers, which are basically, we call them phony cell towers, but they don't actually look like giant towers. They're more like a computer with a radio on it that can essentially uh, intercept your call or intercept your signals from your phone and either just essentially follow you around and see where you're going, or it can the more advanced, expensive ones can even... Uh, you know, intercept texts, um, listen into your calls, uh, or uh, in some cases, uh, even send send uh, text. You know, essentially take over your phone and, and do things. So, um, what was unique about this story was that there was a lot of uh, knowledge from civil libertarian groups that the um, police forces around the country and the federal government, various federal government agencies had purchased devices like this, but there really wasn't a way for your average person to know when this was happening. And the CryptoPhone 500 is a very expensive phone. It retails for around $3,500, and it's sold mainly to uh, executives who travel a lot in Asia and are worried about intellectual property theft. Um, But when they, you know, these customers are here in the United States, they started noticing, hey, you know, when I pass... Um, a certain military base, or when I'm just driving around, suddenly my cryptophone pings me and says, hey, you've got suspicious activity on your phone. And so what they did, which was kind of a marketing coup, was to assemble these reports and generate a map of where these things had been spotted. And so suddenly it was no longer a theoretical um, thing that only the ACLU and the EFS were worried about, but instead it became something like, oh, wow, in my community, um, this could be happening. Because the, the numbers are, are pretty uh, interesting. I believe it's, uh, we know of at least 43 police um, forces in more than 15 states that have purchased these things, and there's 12 different federal agencies that have purchased these things. So they're out there. And realistically, most of us don't really have to worry um, but for the ACLU, it's partially the principle of the thing, you know. Right. And the EFF as well. Yeah, the for the EFF, sure. 
Now, just to get, get some vernacular down, um, it's the, the technology is often referred to as Stingray. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, Stingray is like a, a brand name, sort of the way some people say Xerox instead of photocopier, or the way people say Kleenex instead of tissue. Um, it's it's made by a company that's uh, it's still probably the biggest purveyor of these devices, um, and they have a very Again, worrisome from a civil liberties point of view. They have a very uh, secretive attitude towards these technologies on the ground that we can't let police forces uh, tell the people what they're doing with them because then the criminals will find out and figure out how to defeat the technology. Right, um, the whole the, the circular question you can never answer then. Um, right. So let, let's back up and start with, so what, if, if someone has these towers, what, what can they do? Well, it, it depends how much money you got, because <laughs> there, there, there are very so not very much. Ones. <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't have that much, um, it's questionable how much you can do unless you're really, really good with computers. Okay. Um, basically, it is possible, and there are, there are some interesting uh, demonstrations on the web that uh, various professors and so-called white hat hackers have done, um, where they've built their own cell phone interceptor tower where they take a, uh, a PC with a, essentially a radio adaptive device attached to it, and then they use a uh, base station software called OpenBTS, and they're able to, um, you know, get some amount of control over phones in their area. But the real trick there is that um, there usually is some form of encryption that your calls, for instance, have when you're making a call to uh, another person. So right. the, the hard part is really breaking the encryption, and that's where you, you know, most most of us don't have the skills where we can we can do this level of hacking. So that's where you get um, companies like Harris, and there's really a, a ton of companies, uh, both in the United States and India and, and uh, China, selling these things, and they they the really good ones run. Uh, so, uh, in the neighborhood of about a hundred grand. So the, the the good ones, the towers, where you can um, monitor, or the the devices that block them. Uh, to the, the, do the monitoring. Okay. And, and again, the really expensive ones also aren't actually towers. Um, you know, I know some people reading some of the response to the articles. That's one of the uh, things that. I, I people seem to have misunderstood, which is they we call them phony cell towers, but they actually look like computers with antennas on it. And okay. you, you can. And the other thing about them is that most many of them are portable. Um, you can just drive them around in a truck. So if you're with the DEA, who uh, we do know has purchased uh, these types of devices, you could just have uh, an unmarked truck with an interceptor in it and drive it in the vicinity of a suspect and see if you can get their phone to um, be fooled into attaching to your computer thinking that it's actually a real cell phone. So if I'm, you know, so if I'm law enforcement, I'm using this device, uh-huh. I'm, I'm tech, theoretically I'm able to monitor someone's cell phone communications um, because based on that. Yeah. And um, there's some that just will monitor where you go. So if if your phone connected to the uh, interceptor or the uh, it, the stingray, and it would it would just show it would just show you a map of you wandering around uh, in Santa Monica, and you know you went to get coffee, you went to the mechanics, you went to your office, etc. 
So that's that's um, a simpler form, but there are more advanced ones that allow you to that allow the uh, the law enforcement officer to um, actually get into your phone. Now, um, to operate it, is there um, a code you put in where you inform the device that you have a warrant to do that search? Uh, no, no, <laughs> and in fact, there are. Um, that's been a, a point of contention in prosecutions where um, the uh, the judge will want to know, well, how did you get the evidence about, you know, such and such suspect? And the police, because they have signed non-disclosure agreements with Harris, um, will say, well, we can't say. We have, you know, we can't say where we got the evidence. And... Um, and so that that doesn't always go over well with judges at all. Um, no, I fact, can imagine. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I mean, you're a lawyer. You understand. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can hear gavels pounding, if not flying, um, in response to that. So, I mean, I, the question I asked was somewhat facetious, obviously. But, I mean, there only recently there was a Supreme Court decision, you know, about, um, you know, tra- using um, you know, tracking GPS data, um, and that it required a warrant. And, um, and so at the very same time, you have the Supreme Court saying, you know, this type of stuff requires a warrant. It sounds like law enforcement is really arming up on the ability to do it without it. You're exactly right. And in fact, there's a case in, um, Tallahassee, Florida, where officers, um, admitted using the technology uh, at least 200 times without telling a judge because of that non-disclosure agreement. Um, right. And- I saw the press about that. Basically, so the company has a non-disclosure agreement and is actually urging um, its its subscribers to um, more or less commit perjury or lie, you know, or, or lie to some extent to um, people making legitimate inquiries about, you know, how information was found or, or about the technology itself. Yeah, or it's, it's, it's a, maybe a lies of omission, at least, where they want you to kind of try not to say anything at all. <laughs> right. And, and so what, what is driving the, the secrecy? I mean, obviously, I can understand that this is all some, you know, law enforcement investigatory actions have some element of secret technology has some element of secrecy as well. Yeah. But um, what is driving, you know, the kind of hyper-secrecy that seems to be pre- prevalent here? You know, I think it's a certain amount of paranoia, and um, there is a, you know, there's a legitimate sense that, well, if if the, the criminals know that we're, you know, able to, um, to get, essentially attach ourselves to their phones this easily, then they won't say things on phones, and it'll make it harder to gather intel. But on the other hand, you know, I think the idea that savvy criminals wouldn't know that, um, that you know, that their phones are likely to be listened to is right. um, pretty unlikely at this point. And moreover, um, I think the real serious objection to this is that it, it's essentially kind of a dragnet, because even if you just happen to be walking by that drug suspect, your phone can be um, attached to this uh, rogue cell base station too, and then you get followed around. And you know, presumably you have nothing to hide, but maybe there's something slightly embarrassing, like your 
going to an AA meeting, uh, at, right. or you're going to an abortion clinic, uh, stuff that the, the police have no legitimate right to know about. But exactly. suddenly, because they've got everybody's data, they know about it. Now, you know, it's interesting. You use the term, and um, you know, in, that's I've heard several times in the, the English language, and uh, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a up there, you know, savvy criminal. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of the movie Body Heat, which I don't know if you, you ever saw, but it's a uh, uh, years ago. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it was uh, you know Lawrence Kasdan's one of his early movies, and it was the breakout for Kathleen Turner. And there's a a great scene where um, William Hurt is getting advice from Mickey Rourke on how to make a bomb, and um, and Mickey Rourke starts repeating William Hurt's advice to him earlier in the film. And um, and says, um, you know, someone once told me that anytime you go to commit a crime, if you're smart, you can you'll think of there's like there's 50 mistakes you can make, and if you're smart, you think of 21, 20 of them, and believe me, you're you're, you're not that smart. And, and um, you know, you just hear stories of criminals. I mean, people all the time. I mean, you, you're going to catch people. I mean, people just don't think of those details. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you just read some of the arrest stories that go on. I mean, granted, there are some very sophisticated, organized crime types who, you know, are, are probably, you know, have color-coded Post-its or something. But, um, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. for, you know, for certain types of law enforcement. But, um, you know, and them, yes, you will have some difficulty. But you, you, you knew that all along. That's why you got the technology. Um, they know you're trying to find it, but it's the, the idea of a savvy criminal just kind of strikes me as odd um, that as, a, as a justification for why you can't talk about it. And, um, and the other thing, it, you know, it's also you know, the fact that they're paranoid and, they, and they're using this device that's kind of breeding paranoia among the populace you know, because everyone thinks, oh, my God, I'm being listened to. Right. And, and and which you know, it has a very corrosive effect because it encourages really greater distrust in government. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I think there is a certain um, breeding paranoia is a good way of putting it because um, there are people who have very paranoid views anyhow, and this is actually you know I think there's that joke that uh, even paranoids have enemies or paranoids are right. Yeah, time, you know they're right. Um, yeah. There's a great line from Ron Howard's The Paper where um, Randy Quaid says, I wouldn't be so paranoid if everyone wasn't out to get me. And, um, you know, and this, you know, this kind of is up, up the, those lines. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it, uh, I'll, I'll quote a distinction that uh, Oliver Day, who's a security expert who works for a nonprofit called Securing Change, put it. He mm-hmm. said, you know, in a society like ours where we face a threat of terrorism and organized crime and there are bad people doing things secretly that right. the police have need to be able to find out about there's a there's a difference between so-called targeted surveillance where you you know get a warrant you go to more trouble to make to limit the amount of surveillance you're doing and then there's mass surveillance which is what we have now where all of our emails and our calls are getting gobbled up by an NSA machine. Right, you know, but you're, we, you're, you're out on the street. And, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, our, the question, though, is, well, are we using it? I mean, there are a lot of people who say that we, we actually have the data 
that could have alerted us to 9-11, but we, we you know, were relying on technology and not people, and so we weren't processing it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's one thing, I mean, you know, putting aside the whole, you know, Fourth Amendment constitutional, you know, invasion of privacy aspects of it, um, you know, there's the actual real, you know, is, are, is it worth it? Are we getting anything for it if we have all this data, but we just don't know what to do with it? Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the defense of doing it this way, of gobbling up everybody, is you can start to use these uh, uh, machine learning algorithms that are able yeah. to detect patterns by, you know, if you look at you know 10 million people and who they're calling, you can start to see patterns that a human being just wouldn't have the ability to, to see. Um, but in many ways, that's still, you know, because of the Fourth Amendment, it's concerning because then you're starting to see patterns of people doing, you know, legitimate things in a democratic society that the state suddenly knows about that they don't necessarily have any right to know about. So, for instance, if you're in the NRA, uh, you know, they can start seeing who everybody who you're calling. Uh, right. Does that have a deterrent to people's, you know, right to organize and, you know, you know, stand up for gun rights, et cetera, or whatever your cause is. Right. Um, now, um, there's another element. These are being sold to governments. Um, gov- these are being sold to governments. Yeah. You know, being purchased with tax dollars. Um, those type of agreements are often subject to um, FOIA or, you know, open government laws. And mm-hmm. um, so you're having this this whole you know, web of secrecy through the confidentiality agreements. And then we talked earlier about, you know, possibly suborning perjury. You know, is there any backfire or heat being focused now at the companies purveying this, you know, for, you know, possible wrongdoing? Uh, you mean like a, like a civil suit against Harris or something? A civil or? suit or even a criminal investigation to the extent that they're encouraging people to commit perjury. Um, you know, I haven't heard of anything like that. Um, you know, it's it's possible. Although I think that you know the ACLU, um, for instance, are they're trying to focus on just sort of getting the word out about these things and um, you know worrying less about Harris than worrying about you know the you know the government and what they're doing with it. I, as far as I understand it. Um, but you know, if, if, but if you can't find out, I mean, I think it, it's a, you know, it's kind of a circular thing because if you can't find out what they're doing because the government won't tell you because of the confidentiality agreement, you know, there there you have it. You know, you you don't know whether your rights are being violated. You don't know to the extent that you are being monitored if it's for just cause, and. Right. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, at least one form of redress is the courts. I mean, cause yes. as you know, judges are very independent-minded, uh, you know, or frequently are very independent-minded, and are, are do see this problem of of not of having evidence that's getting introduced that it may not be legitimate or may have come without a warrant, or you know, the police trying to introduce it without saying how they got it. How did you know that suspect A was? you know, at such and such address on the night of, you know, February 15th, et cetera. Um, and, and there, you know, so there, there's pushback on that. Um, and then there also the FCC 
has been it has opened an investigation of the fact that because this is so secretive, right. uh, it also creates an opening for criminal organizations or terrorist groups or foreign spy um, organizations to set up their own interceptors. And it's it's not incredibly likely, but on the other hand, it's sort of a hidden in plain sight um, right. type of tactic because if you don't know who's running all of these interceptors, then you know nobody knows really. Right. So it would be easy to kind of hide uh, to be another tree in the forest, if you will. And 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 if you think about it, if you know, we know for a fact, you know, based on recent investigations, that you know that the Chinese government has um, actually a building or two full of people hacking um, into U.S. Um, commercial websites trying to get information. If yeah. they can, you know, if they can get something for far less, um, you know, just by you know, purchasing this rather than you know, having a, a, a army division, why not? And I'm going to ask you to answer that question after we take a short break. Okay. Um, you're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report only on Webmaster Radio FM. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief test for our sponsors. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. About this controversial technology that allows people to monitor um, and intercept cell phone communications, and it's caused quite a stir. Um, the Stingray technology, as it's often referred to. And um, we have with us um, Andrew Rosenblum, who's a, a writer with Popular Science, a number of other organizations. And he's also a former professor at UCLA 
And I, I know we, we had a question before the break, but let's go to an easier question. Um, Andrew, who's going to win on Saturday? Oh, uh, <laughs> you mean UCLA, USC? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm a UCLA partisan, but if I were betting my money on it, I'd say USC. Wow, I set up a softball so you can say UCLA and you answer USC. <laughs> no I'm a, mentality in sports. Wow, that's harsh. I, I, I'm rooting for UCLA, but thank you anyway. So let's go back to the question at hand. Um, we were talking about, you know, obviously with um, all the money that's been being invested in, in cyber espionage by, by overseas parties, you know, if you can get these devices relatively cheaply in the United States, why not just do it here? Yeah, well, and, and that's certainly a concern. Um, and, and again, speaking with uh, some of these security experts, uh, you know, with really secu- uh, sensitive material, um, if you're working on a you know, piece of technology that you have, a, 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 if you're designing it, say, and you have a strong sense that the, Chi- you know, the Chinese government or someone else might try to steal it, you actually have people working on so-called air gap computers where they're not actually connected to the internet which seems strange in this day and age but you know if there's no way in i mean if there's no way out then there's no way in either so um you know that's kind of the world we're living in i mean and the interceptor issue is a little different in the sense that um you can only get onto their phones using these things as far as i understand it because it's essentially it tricks. It does what's called uh, in the parlance a, a handshake with your phone, mm-hmm. and it says "Hello, phone." You know, let's say you have an iPhone five. It says "Hello, iPhone five. I'm a cell tower. Um, I see that you're capable of 3G and 4G, but I'm only capable. I'm an old cell tower, and I'm only capable of 2G. So, can you talk to me in 2G?" And then the the phone says, "Okay." And that's important because 2G is actually a lot easier to crack as an encryption. Mm-hmm. Um, as a form of encryption than those those newer forms. And in fact, uh, the ISPs are phasing 2G out over the next couple of years. But in rural areas and areas that don't have great service, anyhow, 2G is pervasive. And so our phones are trying to be useful by, you know, being able to function in all of these different protocols. But that also is a security hole that these interceptors are able to exploit. So if you're, I mean, I guess if, if I'm a judge... If I'm a defense lawyer, uh-huh. if I'm a city council member, um, or a state, you know, legislator, or even a member of the FCC, I guess I have a I have a lot of questions to ask about these things. You know, I want to know you know what you're paying for this. You know, Mister um, Chief of Police, or you know whoever uh-huh. is the person who's buying it. Um, I want to know how broad, how often you're using it and what procedures you have in place to make right. sure it's not abused. And are any of these questions really being answered? Well, um, it's sort of there's a lot of push and pull uh, uh, through Freedom of Information Acts and, um, you know, judges haranguing departments and departments pushing back and saying, you know, we can't compromise our technologies. Um, if you're, for, for you and your listeners who want to know more about how these things look like, uh, uh, our competitor, Ars Technica, is a web, technical website. It's called A-R-S-T-E-C-H-I-N-T-A. They did a great story. It's uh, about, you know, sort of a roundup of what these uh, various uh, IMSI catchers is another term. 
look like, and it gives you a sense of. I think they have at least some rough uh, price ranges too. Um, they don't give your your listeners a sense of what they look like. What's really interesting is some of them are as small as a walkie-talkie, so you could be uh, an officer on foot walking through an apartment building and just you know seeing whose phone you can get to attach to it. Um, it's interesting when you say you view the arts secretary as your competitor. Is that for popular science? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, our, I mean, from the, from an end up, you know, ours is a great publication, obviously, you know, on the internet, yeah, they do great internet work. issues, and um, you know, I I monitor their stuff regularly, and so yeah, they're they're a great resource, um, but you know, and but this, you know, obviously, your story is, is quite groundbreaking, and um, and so I guess you, where do you think we should be? Is like three months from now, six months from now, on this issue? Well, you know. My sense is that, I mean, you know, predicting the future is always a great way to look foolish. But oh no, not just predicting. But what do you think we should? You know, if we we're just discovering the issue now, right? What do you think we we should be doing? And then, and then, I guess you can venture a guess of what you think we will. I mean, I think inertia usually is the answer. So we'll probably be here um, talking about um, World Toilet Day again. And um, but um, you know. What do you think we should, where we should be at in a couple of months on this? You know, it's a tough one because it's really hard to use these things in a way that's targeted, where you're just targeting one number. Yeah. Because um, you don't even need to know the number of the, to, in order to get them to work. You don't need to know the number of the phone. You just sort of, um, you know, you wait for the phone to come to you, um, and then you figure out who, who it is. Um, so, I mean, maybe if there were a way to just, targeted by the so-called um, IMEI number, the identification number of the phone. I, I think that's the real objection, is that there's, it's, tar- it's not targeted in any way. It's a mass surveillance or a dragnet form of surveillance. So that, I would like to at least see some sort of effort to do that, but it may not be possible. I mean, the, the way these things work is kind of as a, a dragnet that get, grabs everything nearby and then right. figures out what's usable. So it's so, a tough one. I think what's more likely is people who are really concerned about their privacy are more likely to do stuff like buy crypto phones, um, not talk on the phone as freely. Um, and your average person just who doesn't really care about privacy will just say, well, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong and I won't, you know, worry about it. But, you know, that that's kind of the status quo. <laughs> so um, would you buy a crypto phone? Well, you know, I guess you could and expense it for your work, but you know, um, yeah. Do you recommend it? You know, they're pretty neat. Uh, if if you can expense it, and you or you have a um, a company that, or you know, the type of income that allows you to, to spend on it, they're pretty cool. And I, you know, as a tech writer, I like cool technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, I am working on a story for now about how you can um, add these this capability to. Um, a normal Android phone without having to buy a really expensive, uh, you know, so-called hardened device um, that's basically designed to be super secure. Um, but I'm not sure how well that's going to work. So that's what I'm trying to investigate now. Um, but I think it's neat. You know, I, I even if um, we could have a way where um, when you're being uh, your phone is being attacked by an IMSI catcher or an interceptor, that it would at least tell you. 
so you at least know, oh, the cops are listening in or the cops mm-hmm. are tracking your phone. That would seem to me at least more legitimate or more fair than just, you know, getting everybody in the neighborhood. Um, right. But I, I think, you know, that's probably not too likely. So tell us about your background. Uh, my background? Well, um, I'm a tech writer. I actually got into journalism sort of in mid-career change. I was working on being a, a professor uh, down at UCLA of American Literature, and then I just found that I was enjoying doing the freelance writing. I was doing more than, um, you know, uh, the academic uh, the academic route. So I, I switched off about, uh, oh, it's probably been about seven years ago. You, you studied anti, antibellum? I mean, excuse me, postbellum was it anti or postbellum? Anti, New, New, England, yeah. New England literature. Yeah. Uh huh. And so, um, um, what about um, antebellum New England literature? What, what interested you? Um, well, at least related to what we're talking about, it's uh, you know, it's an interesting uh, expression of of individual rights, and you know what it. You know, thinking about what is it to be human and what is it to be alive and what is it to live a meaningful life, um, all those types of questions that the New Englanders in particular were very, um, you know, were very big on that. So, uh, and still I, I are, that, may I say. What's that? <laughs> and, and, and still are, may I and say. And still are, yeah, yeah. As, as a New Englander. But... Um, so, I'm from Rhode Island originally. Oh, but, yeah, um, okay. Yes. So... Um, but in, and so you you left academia and now you you've been a, a fairly successful journalist and working with science and what UCLA magazine and what are some of the other publications and and what yeah um, a bunch yeah. of other publications yeah. yeah yeah you know it's been a kind of crazy ride in the sense that media life is uh, you know it's kind of uncertain as I'm sure you know from your own work indeed uh, yes. So what what's next for you on on this front, or is there another technology thing that we should be looking for? Well, I'm hoping that this this idea of how to build your own um, device will get, gain traction, um, and so that that's the next thing I think that people should look for. Now, um, next week we we have a the, you know we we broadcast on Wednesdays every every week, and so the Wednesday before Thanksgiving we traditionally have a. A Thanksgiving um, Day um, episode where we, we talk about what what aspects of the web we're thankful for, and so kind of as a preview for next week's show, uh, what would you say you're thankful for? Um, well, uh, I'd say uh, you know I've been lucky to have been uh, you know blessed with a great family and uh, safety. You know, I'm really you know you see all the violence in the world. Um, frankly, I live in Oakland, so violence right, in Oakland. Yes, that's, that's uh, I'm, I'm, I feel lucky to, you know, have been not injured or hurt. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, and I have fun work and fun colleagues, so grateful for all those things. Anything on the web in particular that you're thankful for? Any what? Anything on the web, you know, like a website or apps or um, uh, software? See. Well, um you know, I guess in general, I'd say it's amazing how much really high-quality stuff is available to consumers. You know, we just, when you just think about laptops and cell phones, as mm-hmm. no, they're no longer luxury items. They're they're pretty widely available. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, just the amount of technology that we have at our hands. You know, just even thinking back to 
you know, I mean, I've been practicing law for 25 years, and um, yeah, I, when we started, we had those clunky old Wang computers, and uh, you know, it's just amazing to think you know what we have now, and and how much power is available just in, in, the, in a single cell phone, and yeah. so. So if people want to learn more about what you're up to and, and, um, and where, to, where to follow your next story, where should they go? Um, they can hit me up on AndrewRosenblum.com or on Twitter. At... I'm sorry, you broke up. On Twitter where? Uh, at AndrewRosenblum.com or Rosen, at, on Twitter at, at RosenblumAndrew. Great. And um, so I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. This is just a fascinating topic. And, uh, thank you, Danny. It, it is very troubling. Um, I think, you know, we, I think what the FCC is trying to do probably makes sense um, because we do have to get our arms around it. Or, um, it, you know, that's, that's the challenge we have. But I, yeah. I also hope that you, you'll be rooting for the Bruins on Saturday. Yeah, well, of course I will. I'm just, you know, trying not to be disappointed, you know. All right, well, I'll give you another uh, softball. So, Gettysburg, north-south. Oh, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a northerner part of it, definitely. There you go. Okay, well, we at we, least we end on that, that note. Um, well, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate it. And um, we're definitely going to be watching what you write on this in the future because, um, we, you know, it, it's a, a critical issue. I mean, the fact okay, that whatever, whatever privacy protection we have it can just be ignored um and without by a non-disclosure agreement so thanks again yep. really appreciate it all right thanks Bennett. see you later thank you so Bye. um we do have some news updates to report and um one of them is actually quite surprising um in the internet space one of the the, the only major good housekeeping seal of approval that exists really is um um we're going to talk about in a second after these messages you're listening to cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm stay tuned for more of the cyber law and business report after this brief recess for our sponsors when you started your business you first listened to your professors now that your business is growing in ground you only seek out professionals ppc professionals an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line ppc professionals personal professional ppc services ppcprofessionals.com Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets 
lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly and... and, um, definitely an interesting segment on the cell towers um i know a lot of people are troubled by it and i'm particularly troubled by the confidentiality provision that actually a company is instructing um, law enforcement not to be truthful um with city council members or the you know courts or whatever um that's a very troubling development but um and there's a odd development or um a surprising development today came across is the um, Federal Trade Commission has actually fined trustee. Um, trustee has um, for years, for over a decade now, been the prime privacy seal and other and has a whole host of seals that it offers to companies on the Internet. And they are basically the closest that there is out there to a good housekeeping seal approval on the Internet. And um, apparently, you know, they were is- issuing... Um, trustee seals for privacy compliance without auditing them to, to ensure that it was uh, the companies they were certifying actually complied with their guidelines. And the FTC said that um, that was deceptive and trustee has actually paid a $2,000 fine, excuse me, $200,000 fine um, to the FTC for this violation. Definitely an embarrassing um, event for um, a brilliant organization. They've done great work. They've been on our show. Um, so we're really sad to see this happen. I'm sure, um, you know, they have some excellent leadership. Um, Fran Mayer, um, Chris Kelly is on their board. And so I'm sure we'll, we'll see this address quickly and appropriately. So, um, but definitely a shock to see this in the news. But um, one other thing that's interesting out there is that uh, I saw a headline, speaking of Ars Technica, is the headline in Ars Technica about Uber suggesting that um, they engage in, quote, opposition research on journalists. So apparently Uber is getting you know, fed up about some of the negative um, stories that have been written about it, and so they're more or less suggesting that um, they go and do dig up dirt, um, personal dirt, on the reporters that cover them. Um, if, that was, if you can think of anything more slimy, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give me a minute, but... It, it that is just um, really not something that a company of Uber's brand wants to be peddling. I mean, this is a, a town car company trying to peddle garbage, and frankly, they should be ashamed. I think whoever issued that should be fired, and I really think they got to think about their um, their approach. The reason they're getting bad press is because they're probably doing some stupid things. And so then the way to get around that isn't to smear journalists. The way to get around that is to actually deliver value to consumers, to not break someone's nose like that happened that one case, and to actually, you know, care about the safety of the consumers, as some, you know, some of the reports have revealed. So um, Uber, 
um, big misfire, get it right next time. So uh, we only have a few minutes, um, but I want to um, say a congratulations to there's a, two big conclaves of internet lawyers this week, and one of them is in New Delhi, and um, it's the International um, Cyber Law, Cyber Crime, and Cybersecurity Conference uh, being held in New Delhi, and with Pavan Dugal um, leading that effort, and he was kind enough to invite me to attend, but I just was not able to make it. I had a conflict, but um, I was pleased to be among the people contributing to it, and I wish him much success as he starts that tomorrow. In addition, um, I will be joining my fellow compatriots at the um, Internet Law Leadership Summit in Las Vegas um, starting tomorrow, and it's a biannual gathering of about you know, 30 to 40 of the top Internet lawyers in the U.S., and, and it's good fun. But we actually learn a lot and um, talk a lot about what is getting our arms around the latest developments in Internet law today. And it's every year, every six months, you know, the developments just keep coming. So, um, But one way to stay on top of those developments is to listen to Cyberlaw and Business Report right here on Webmaster Radio. And I want to thank you for joining us for this edition on this special Gettysburg Day. And um, all the best to you. Um, drive safe. And um, we will be back here next week with another special um, Thanksgiving edition. What are you grateful for on the Internet? Um, Next Wednesday here on Cyberlaw and Business Report. Courts adjourned. See you then. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Looking for a... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.